We got two more weeks to get that down. <laughs> I think that one works. I sew a scene. He sews together a scene. He's putting together a movie. Oh, that does kind of work. All right, I'll give yeah, it to you. No, yeah. yeah, that does kind of work. Especially if he's cutting it by with film. It's like sewing, except with tape. <laughs> Which we all did, because we went to a crazy film school. Yeah, Hi, we and welcome to Behind the Hype. I'm your host, as always, <laughs> Brian Tressel. With me, as always, it's Chewy Darso. Hi. And Jonathan Hardesty. He really needed steady hands for that taping. Oh, my God. Of the film. Yeah. <laughs> Hours spent in a dark room with just strips of film posted all over the wall in front of me to make a movie that nobody liked <laughs> what a great time film school was i don't oh. i remember my production one one was a lot better than my production two when i had to do puzzle or pieces or whatever that one was called i uh oh yeah that, that thing was terrible i always try to go for melodrama and melodrama as a film student comes across as bad there's uh there's really no way to hide bad when you're trying to do melodrama with a uh, learning hand, but I tried. <laughs> right, right. Each one of my movies was more dr- melodramatic than the next, and it was just like no one's getting it. They just think I'm horrible. <laughs> I am not selling this right. <laughs> yeah, I should just get on a podcast and, and bitch even, about everybody else's movies. Even modern <laughs> right. day melodrama just doesn't work anymore for most people tell that to fans of cobra kai uh but they will not realize they don't realize oh, it's melodrama that's so like i had the opposite problem i just wasn't serious in my ideas they just got they just kind of went all over the place and like yeah part of that was running out of time but also just who cared <laughs> yeah that's fair uh and also kind of leads into movies today surprisingly enough tokyo <laughs> tribe being the movie of today uh to say uh, a lot of ideas and uh they just kind of threw it at the wall yeah that uh that sticks mm. that sticks they threw it at tokyo <laughs> if you kind look of. at the poster if you look at the poster the poster is a perfect encapsulation of what the movie is just in a still image a whole bunch and it's of just stuff a, yeah whole bunch of stuff whole bunch of stuff men look like assholes yeah that's about it yeah. That that's about it. And one guy looks a lot like I I don't see any I'm women his name now. I don't see any women being abused, so it's not the entire movie, but it, it's a good chunk Wayne of Newton. it. Wayne Newton. Oh, that oh god, the Wayne Newton guy is so yeah. fucking creepy. I know we're gonna call him Wayne Newton. As soon as you said it, I watched <laughs> the movie. He looks like, like Wayne Newton. I'm gonna be calling him Wayne Newton the whole time. Yeah. Um. All right. Before we dive too far into this, I I have a where have they been doing? I don't think Chewie does because no. you didn't watch it with me. Uh, John, how far along did you get in that where have they been doing? Uh, I got to episode seven. If you're, the, if that's the one you're talking about, did you where, watch episode seven, or are you just there? I watched episode seven, and I had to okay, take cool. a break for a little bit. <laughs> oh, why? <laughs> so the the show that John and I are both talking about from Sion Sono is uh, Tokyo Vampire Hotel. It's available <laughs> on Prime. Yeah. Uh, if if you want to watch it, which I highly recommend that you do, as I put on our ATH Facebook group, if you're not a member, please join. Uh, it's not your grandma's Tokyo. It's not your grandma's uh, vampire show. It's mm-hmm. uh, right, right. It is. It's fucking insane. <laughs> it is, and I think to 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 your question, that is why after the the episode seven insanity, I just had to step back. I'll be back at it maybe probably even tonight after we're recording. But like, I needed a day. <laughs> I was watching it straight like day after day, and I was like, you know what? I'm getting overloaded. And then Tokyo Tribe happened, and I was like, okay, <laughs> all this together, I just need to breathe a little bit, <laughs> come up for air. 
Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to spoil too much of Tokyo Vampire Hotel. I, I honestly think that everybody should watch it. But the the short pitch of it is that there are two warring vampire clans at the end of the world, and uh, they try to basically their goal is to get one human who can save the day somehow, and then a whole bunch of other humans into a living hotel. The hotel is a vampire. Um, so that they can survive the apocalypse and like the people will have kids and they'll eat their kids, but they're also going to give them a really good life so that they'll be cool with giving blood to these vampires. And it's gonna be the symbiotic, uh, relationship. And, uh, it, it doesn't go well is my short <laughs> pitch for the show, but it, I have notes. I have notes for them for the next time they do this hotel idea. Yeah. It, it, it didn't, it, I don't think it turned out the way they planned it, but it is arguably the most violent, most kind of like visually upsetting yet at the same time engaging and crazy show I've ever watched. Yeah. And it, it and it also doesn't care about format. Oh, fuck no. <laughs> there's one episode where the opening credits happen halfway through and it's two different set, like two different story, like two different things happening in the episode. I was thrown, th- I was thrown so off. I yeah, enjoyed I was, it, but yeah, 25 minutes in, it shows Tokyo vampire hotel. Like what the, f- I'm halfway through this episode. What the fuck is happening? <laughs> right. And then it's a different episode after that. Like, yeah, a totally different episode. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the the show keeps you on your toes. And I'm excited to see how it wraps up. But if you're not ready for it, and if you're just kind of jumping in the deep end, it can be a bit much. <laughs> yeah. And, and even, like, I watched it before you, John, and you hadn't gotten episode seven yet. And I said, prepare for episode seven. Even with that warning, did you have... Did it still shock you? It still shocked me, and I had heard that like there was an insane episode halfway through. Uh, yeah, I, I shouldn't have been surprised though, um, given like the clues of the show and like sure, just what I've experienced so far from Sansono, and then especially watching Tokyo Tribe. I think if I'd gotten to episode seven before or this Tokyo Tribe before, I would have been less surprised even just because, yeah, it, for it, me. And I'll say this just as the final tease before we start talking about the movie of the day. For me, the part that still has given me quite a few nightmares, and I finished the show about a week ago, and it just makes me uncomfortable to even think about. And I'll just use the phrase, human hole. And John will know what I'm talking about, and uh, if you haven't watched the show and you want to find out what I'm talking about, watch Tokyo Vampire Hotel. But when you see what it's like in the human hole, I am forever scarred. (laughs) Am I wrong? It's no, really you're not fucked wrong. up in there, right? Yeah, it's it is. I could. There's a scene early in the series where someone's being shoved in this hole, and I was like, you know what? If they if this if this comes back, I bet it's gonna be disturbing. And boy, was <laughs> I right. The show fires on all cylinders. Cannot hi- recommend it highly enough. Uh, don't watch it with the kids. <laughs> that, that's where I'll finish with that. Not for the kiddos. Nope. <laughs> this whole month isn't for the kiddos. I'm sorry, folks. Nope. Uh, speaking of which, let's talk Tokyo Tribe. There's kids in this. I guess, yeah. There are kids yeah. in this. I mean, there are teenagers, at least. Yeah, yeah. I, I, teenagers could watch. I mean, some teenagers could watch this. Teenagers who are uh, well-adjusted could watch this. I won't lie <laughs> anybody who's like, yeah, that's a great way to te- treat women to watch this. Because... Mm. As far as, like, I can defend a lot of Sansono, and I, I get it within the tone and the world of the movie. It still works. This, this one this one pushed a few of my boundaries, even. And uh, e- even knowing who we're wor- talking to, who, who we're talking about, what we're watching, this one was still, especially the opening, 
It was just rough for me to watch. Yeah, I was coming off reading that article and posting the show notes about like, you know, yeah, okay, real deep study and just his his themes and all that. And then this, the opening to this movie happens. I was like, uh, uh, okay. Yeah. So, so Tokyo Tribe uh, is a film that is about, um, take, think gangs in New York. And that, that'll be a good way to kind of frame your head. There's a whole bunch of gangs, but they're all New Yorkers. There's a whole bunch of games, gangs, but they're all from Tokyo. They're the Tokyo tribes, but they're kind of warring, but mostly just kind of stick to their own corners, except for uh, one guy and another gang who are like, we should own Tokyo, and then they start stirring up shit. Uh, the beginning of the movie starts with a, uh, a veteran cop and a rookie cop who uh, happen upon some ne'er-do-wells and they're like well they should probably stop breaking the law i'm gonna go over and arrest them it doesn't matter that i'm wearing a sheer white t-shirt or sheer white shirt in the rain and no bra and what is happening in this movie and she goes up to the uh the main villain of the movie mara and she threatens to arrest him in which case he grabs her rips her shirt off and then starts drawing all over her body not cutting her but like scraping her with a knife uh to describe the areas of tokyo it is the most like unsettling fucked up opening for a movie like this possible and it really does kind of set the tone in an excellent way of making you uncomfortable throughout and making sure you don't really enjoy any of these characters Mm -hmm. which you're not supposed to so it is effective in what it's doing but it does it with such i don't know like i just don't appreciate the way they went about doing it does that make sense yeah it made me think a bit about uh clockwork orange yeah and how that I, we're talking about like high schoolers and whether or not they're well adjusted. I remember when we watched that movie when we were in high school, and everyone thought it was cool. And now I'm as an adult, I'm like, we shouldn't have thought that movie was cool. I loved loved Clockwork Orange when I was in high school, and when I told people, there's so much rape in that movie. Yeah, and when I tell people I love it, it's like one of my favorite horror movies. They're like, it's not a horror movie. I'm like, we watched a different movie. That movie is horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> And that's kind of, like, yeah. I think Clockwork Orange is actually a really good comparison to this. Like, this movie, it's not apologizing. It's not trying to tell you any of these people are good people. In fact, they're very, very bad people. Yeah, and, they, I mean, that was a tribe yeah. who went out and just hurt people. Yeah. And they had a really strange bar where people were furniture. Holy fuck, a lot, there's a like lot of comparisons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, the, the, uh, the, the son's room is like the Red Groovy or whatever it was in yeah. Clockwork Orange. So much so. Like, I saw that and I was like... I get it. I think that's where I was like, okay, I see what yeah. you're doing. Yeah, and just like Clockwork Orange, in the exact same way, I'm like, I get what they're doing. They're doing it well. I still don't like it. <laughs> well, you're, I don't think you're supposed to No, like no, it. no. I'm not, I'm not criticizing Sion Sono here. Maybe I, I kind of sound like I wasn't beginning. I'm not meaning to criticize him. I get what he's doing. I just don't enjoy watching that yeah. part. And, I mean, cards on the table. I fucking loved this movie. So that that really kind of says like the the inner warring of my head of like I loved this movie. There's things I really don't like in this movie, but I really did love it. Mm-hmm. So it's it's tough for me. But I, I feel like we should do a, a short breakdown. I went last week and uh, I, I feel like it's John's turn. You think it's yeah, John's let John turn? Do it. I, Chewie says it's John's turn. So I think it's yeah. gonna be John's okay. turn. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's John's turn. By... You didn't get that? Yeah, no, it is my turn. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it is. <laughs> what? <laughs> Surprise. No one told me. No one told me. We just did. Um, so, yeah, the movie starts with all the tribes of Tokyo Tribe. Kind of. Well, first it starts with that um, great scene. The lovely the scene I described. <laughs> the lovely, lovely scene you described of uh, Mara pointing out all the gangs of Tokyo on her chest. 
and those locations. And then during that that during this whole time when he's doing that, they take a break and go into those gang areas and they sing their song. This is who we are, you know, you know fuck you and all that. And they go through all the tribes and then get back to they get to the MC. Like and then he kind of sings throughout, raps throughout as the story goes along. But yeah, it really boils down to uh, this guy Bupa of Bupa Town and Mara joining forces to take over everyone. And things get pretty crazy. There's a, a high priest who like a satanic priest whose daughter escapes him because she was gonna be sacrificed and she almost gets raped and then she kicks a lot of people with this kid. Like there's also this kid that's with her protecting her and they fight their way through and rescue a bunch of girls. There's a lot of stuff happening, but in the end they all kill each other. Most of them kill each other. And then as a punchline, it was all about um Mara's um inferiority complex, shall we say. Yeah. Yeah. Mara saw um I'm blanking on his name right now. Uh well there there was there was kind of a, a hippie tribe or like a, a a kind of like we're the we're like chill tribe. And Kai is his name. And Kai he has yes. a huge dick. And that Mara cannot stand that. And so that's kind of set him off. I'm pretty sure Mara's gay. Yeah, I, I could see that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. No, it, it's uh, John and I and Chewie and I, we're, we're actually all separately talking about it. There, there is something to be said about Sion Sano's, the first two movies of our month anyways, where you don't get what the movie's about until the last 10 minutes. Because you don't find out the whole, the only reason Mara started all this shit was because his dick is a little smaller than another guy's. It was. It wasn't necessarily because his dick was smaller. It's because his loyal henchman was entranced by the other th- person's dick. I think everyone was entranced by his yeah. dick. So I, I guess that guy has a really, really great dick. So good for him. Um, yeah, and that reveals at the end of the movie, like after. Like, yeah. When when the movie is done and it ends, then we cut to this. It's like this is this isn't even in the movie proper. It's like the ending. <laughs> so it's almost like it's like here's a coda. Oh yeah, it was all because of dick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And- and it just kind of takes this movie where so much dramatic stuff happens. And it's all, for the most part, kind of tongue-in-cheek. Like, it's a very heightened reality. Um, but for the... Just kind of horrifying movie, but the whole time you're just kind of going, what the fuck is going on? Like, why are they so angry? And then you have this whole, like, when they when Mara and Kai first meet, and Mara's so mad at Kai, and he's like, Dude, I met you once in a sauna. What is your problem? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the movie still goes for like another 45 minutes. And by that point, like Chewie was yelling at the TV, what happened in the sauna? Yeah. What's the and beef? Then get the answer, it's like, <laughs> show me the beef. <laughs> and it the turned little... out the beef was his penis. <laughs> <laughs> turns out his beef was beef. <laughs> and then you just go, oh, wow. So this isn't about gang wars. This is about men are stupid. Wars are stupid. <laughs> And they'll destroy the planet for their own gains. Mm-hmm. Cool. And it's like, oh, wow. So everything I was kind of having fun watching was a huge message movie to make me feel like shit. Thanks again, Sion Sono. <laughs> it's two weeks in a row. <laughs> it got me. <laughs> got and me again, once. Shame on me. So many people would watch this and not get that. Well, that's why we had the... That's that's why. God damn it. For double features, everyone's going to say Clockwork Orange. But that's why it's such a good comparison for Clockwork Orange because that's another one where it's like, Oh, the wrong people think this is cool. Fight Club would be another good one. I'm just yeah. ruining <laughs> double features at the end of this. But like that sort of thing where it's like, if the wrong people watch this, you're going to be like, yeah, I'd go to war for that. No. Yeah, it's like, 
no. you're missing the point. Yeah. Um, but since it's a, you know, we live in the West, uh, th- this one didn't really catch on here. Like, I know it was on Hulu for a while. It was on Amazon Prime. But people didn't really gravitate to it. And I think a lot of that has to do with the way the movie is told. And the way I, I kind of expressed it to Chewie was it felt like Sion was trying to do... I'm on a first-name basis with him now, if you can tell. Um, <laughs> it felt like he was trying to do, like, what if Shakespeare wrote a rap battle epic movie? The whole time I'm watching this movie, I'm like, I just get okay. Shakespeare vibes off of this. Like, like since everybody talks in verse, now granted it's rap battle, like it's not like a, you know Shakespearean verse, but like there's very little dialogue in this. The majority of the movie is told through rapping and rap battle, and they just go back and forth throughout the entire thing. And there's a there's a narrator character, kind of like in a lot of Shakespeare plays, who just kind of shows up to tell you what's going on, just in case you can't keep up with the dialogue. This guy is going to simplify everything. Again, very Shakespearean tropes. And the more I kind of got into that groove, the more I really got into the movie. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, I would say, for me, it took an adjustment, period. I think once the MC was fully kind of guiding us in the movie, I could get into it. Um, but as especially since it was couched in that uh, assault of the, of the police officer, and just all that wrapped up was so like what what am I watching? Yeah. Once we got past that, I could actually get into it, and I got into the rhythm. But yeah, th- at first you're like, I don't know if I'm going to dig this because I'm not a huge rap person, surprisingly enough, um, and more electronic. Um, but yeah, I just wasn't like. I wasn't expecting to get into the rhythm quite like I, like I had. Yeah, it's one of those things where like I feel like this way with most music, and this is just my taste. That like when it's done well, I'll probably enjoy it. Like it might not be my yeah. my style. It might not be something I throw on Spotify or like buy an album for. But if it's still done well, I'm going to enjoy it. And I think for the for the most part, it was done well in this movie. I've read a lot of reviews that kind of went back and forth on whether or not the music was good, and unfortunately, your opinion on whether or not the music is good will largely inform your opinion on whether or not the movie was good because it is the movie and I got into it. I started really enjoying it. I liked the way they talked. I loved the rhythm of it. And it just kind of, for me, it was like the lifeblood of the movie. It just kind of kept it pumping forward while you're watching a movie where it, it feels like this is just a long sequence of events that are obviously tied together, but I don't really see why, why or how, like, who is this girl? Why is she so eager for everyone to rape her? Like, what the fuck is happening? She doesn't want to be sacrificed. And then, yeah, then you get the reveal later. Like, oh, her dad is a fucking psychopath who sacrifices his virgin daughters. Oh, if she's not a virgin, she won't get sacrificed. So she went and found the most dangerous people possible. Okay, now I can understand what's going on. It's still fucked up, but at least I know what's happening. And the movie did a great job kind of slowly revealing that. But through that rhythm, it kind of kept me invested every step of the way. Yeah, the movie is so much the music. And uh, we we don't encounter too many movies like this. I think the last time we talked about mu- music and rhythm leading a movie was Cloud Atlas. I think um, where it was Baby like, Driver was, a little bit, but uh, Baby yeah. Driver a little bit. Yeah. That's more that's more like editing wise. But yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, th- th- that too. But where the core tenet of the movie is the music and how the music is structured. And you said something earlier. Uh, what was it pumping? Like this movie yeah. is pumping. Yeah. You see and some, that's a, a really great himself. way to... You do see a guy pump yeah. himself. <laughs> Which, to me, yeah. was a very clever way to get around uh, Japan's sensor uh, requirements. Oh, yeah, that was kind of good. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. yeah. 
They don't allow real penises, but you can use a fake one. <laughs> and it worked great. <laughs> oh. I For me, I had a hard time in the way that, with the narrator guy, I'm used to movies that have that kind of narrator, having him involved at least a little bit. Oh yeah, Show is, his character's name is Show, and uh, yeah, he he's beyond, like, giving a high five here or there or every now and then like an extra be like oh man show's here he is not a part of this point no it's kind of like the closest i can get since i'm not as big of a shakespeare person uh, and i'm barely a shakespeare person like i, I don't want to sound like i'm some shakespeare expert i, I have one book but i rem- it's <laughs> mercutio right yeah. in romeo and juliet and he narrates kind of kind of depending on which version you're watching sure but he's also very much involved with the plot yeah. So that's the only like other character like that I can think of. Sure. Yeah. And so I kept getting kind of frustrated in this movie where I'm like, who are you? Why are you there? Yeah, I agree. I did expect that he would play more of a part, especially when he was introducing his tribe and how I was like, this is our place. This is the place. I was like, okay, we're grounding ourselves in a, in a protagonist. This He's the protagonist, right? No. No. No, he, he's barely a footnote. He's it doesn't even of... really feel like there is a protagonist most of the movie. No, the the villain is Mara. The protagonist is the Tokyo tribes. Uh, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and but personally, and maybe that that's just makes it uh, made my take on this different. Was I kind of liked that he wasn't involved. I kind of liked that he was just this, you know, otherworldly voice just telling us what was happening because that's kind of what clued me into the whole. All right, well, if you can't keep up with their rap styles, because most most of the gangs kind of have a slightly different way of rapping. Like one guy, mm-hmm. like certain guys just say, fuck you, like everything. And other guys don't. And like, there's the, the chill one where it's all just kind of like, we're just going to kind of rhyme and take our time. And it's like kind of fun. But then you have this guy who's always a constant and he always raps the same way. And it's pro- easily the most accessible and the most clear. And like, okay, so this guy's just here to make sense of everything. If you can't follow along. Mm-hmm. And right. that kind of, and if he was tied to one of the tribes, then I don't think he'd be able to have that clear voice of I can translate for you. And him being an outlier made him the the linchpin to be able to get everybody else involved because they could have used uh, Tara, who's the guy that uh, Mara kills instead of Kai by accident. And Tara was the guy who all the tribes enjoyed. Back when it was one gang, we all loved Tara. He's much more than Mercutio in the story because Mercutio was loved by both sides in Romeo and Juliet and he dies buy a sword yeah. so there's very much a mirror with uh, Tara in that regard for sure and yeah, you could have like t- but Tara dies so you yeah. can't have him narrating after he's dead no. I mean you could right. but like it's very much a, like a Greek no. chorus like they're, they're not in the plot they're, they're yeah. uh, commenting on it and even at one some point he's fighting as he's narrating I was like of course he would just be walking through the fight and just knocking a couple guys out and like yeah no this is what's happening it, uh, <laughs> in terms of that I think weirdly enough a weird connection I liked this in the same way that I liked how they applied the uh, chorus in the Hercules animated movie from Disney. Sure. <laughs> the, the, the gospel the gospel choir chorus. The gospel mm. chorus, which was a Greek chorus, singing on the vases, and they were commenting on the action. And it was like, this movie also does a very, like, having him be just kind of elemental in this and just dipping in when, when the rhythm needs to change. Him and the um, granny DJ. Like, oh my God, I love the granny DJ. Both of them. She left at one point. And yeah, she just kind of disappears sad. about halfway through. Because I just, yeah. I loved her just like, you're not ready for this. Where, where? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's going right, right. to be a bloodbath. 
I started to expect that, that like she's on the screen. Okay. We're going to be changing our key a little bit, our tune, our, our rhythm. We're now next scene. Like it felt like a good chapter marker and a good like guidance in this movie. Yeah. But when she left, I was leaning on uh, show to yeah. kind of handle the rest of that. So I can see why, why we might want to have him more in it. Cause he's the one that kind of leads us, but it just, it was such a fascinating way to do it. I, I, <laughs> I'm still thinking about it. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what it comes down to is like this kind of like last week is like, so this is a collection of ideas and they're trying things here and maybe they didn't all connect. Maybe some of them kind of like pushed us a little too far. Maybe some didn't push us far enough. But the the long and the short of it is, and we talk about this a lot in this podcast, I'm always up for somebody trying something new and different. Like I'd rather watch the worst movie ever made as long as they're trying something new and different than the same old shit over and over and over. Um, and I don't think this is shit by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, I think it's very good, but it is something different. And that alone, I, I think takes me a little bit farther from just like, yeah, it was a fun ride. And I can look at the reviews where I got like fives and six out of 10. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm bumping up to a seven or eight. Like the, you, you're right. The, the plot is kind of dull. You're right. The, the whole reveal of it's all about <clears throat> dicks is kind of lame. I'm not disagreeing with you there, but did you, did you watch the same thing? Like it was fucking nuts, man. They, they were, <laughs> They were trying things I've never seen in movies before. So just right. well, still shut talking up and enjoy to, it. <laughs> and the movie was still talking to older and newer movies. So like the um, reference to Kill Bill, that was actually a Bruce Lee and they call it attention to that. Yeah. When she comes out in the, the Bruce Lee outfit and they're like, from Kill Bill? And she's like, no, Bruce, bitch. Or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Like, hits him. And I was like, this movie is actually conversing with stuff we know about modern movies as well as older movies. And I was taken, taken aback by that. And especially with the the... The, the son's room with all the uh, statuesque furniture people that was and mimicking A Clockwork Orange. Like, this movie is also talking to other movies, and I thought that was really kind of yeah. cool. And we, we that keep bumps it up for saying, me to, like, the seven. Yeah, we keep saying the son. The son is the uh, the son of... Uh, is it Bubba? Bubba. 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 It's P-P. It's B-U-P-P. Bubba. We're kind of getting a little more of the characters here in a second, because I got to spend some time talking about that fucking human being um but his son is one of those guys who's like i'm gonna make my whole life based on who my dad is and i can do whatever i want so he likes to kidnap people make them stand around in like a speedo look like and um, be painted white like a be, statue yeah, be painted white like a statue and they have to be his furniture they're his chairs his tables whatever and that's just what he does and he has fun with it and he's one of these guys that, as you're watching the movie it's like i fucking hate this guy i can't wait for him to die and now sitting here now i watched the movie two nights ago and i'm like I can't remember if he died or not. I don't. Rem- I remember him turning on his giant, whirling fan blade machine that kills everyone almost, and he con- just ran away. <laughs> but I think we see him outside for like a brief second after I that. But remember. I honestly don't remember. I think he gets. He just gets his ass kicked, and he still lives. But like, he's. I think he survives. If I remember right. I mean, he killed most of his own tribe with that whirly blade thing oh my god so he doesn't really have any explain, power, explain what that thing is because we're just calling it the is whirly there, blade thing is there any way to explain it like they're in the middle of the big turf war and in his dad's banquet hall yeah he just opens uh. a wall that apparently he has this giant human blender human blender <laughs> and he just runs away he just turns it on and runs away so and- it's a vacuum slash human blender that's kind of like a like, if you're in a spaceship and you open the door and everyone gets sucked out into space, it's like that, but it pulls you into a fan blade. <laughs> and slices you into a little mush. Yeah. And everyone yeah. just, no one gets mad at him for it. Everyone no. just 
just dies. It gets sucked <laughs> in. His dad runs in front of it on purpose. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was so good to see his dad die, though. Fuck that guy. And I was just like, what is happening? So there couldn't have been a better way for his dad to die, oh. for Bubba to go, than with holding a minigun, getting sucked into this wall blade blender fan thing. Yeah. Like, Bubba is... Oh, Bubba. God, he looks damn. like Wayne Newton, which is a problem. Because <laughs> uh, that's all I can see. I'm like, man, Wayne Newton's a dick in this movie. He's, he acts like he's constantly on cocaine. Yeah, he, and he's kind of dressed like a crazy Wayne Newton type Las Vegas person. Yeah, he. this is going to be a reference for all of five people out there. He reminds me of the assistant warden from Ricky O, the story of Ricky. Um, like yeah. that's exactly what he made me think of like this guy just needed to pull out a fake eyeball and offer somebody some mints and it's the same character he did roll and if that if that little quote alone. right there did not make you go i need to watch story of ricky ricky O, then you're watching the wrong or you're listening to the wrong show but uh, also he he has a he has a cigar box with cigars and fingers yeah and he just choose a finger and, and like he is such a delightfully grotesque character that, uh, worth the price of admission He's so good, and it, it's funny. The actor's first name, get this, Ricky. That yep. is hilarious. You, you can't see my my mouth agape smile, but it's there. <laughs> um, right. <laughs> but he did like that. That actor fucking crushed this role. Like he made me physically uncomfortable. I didn't like it when he was on screen. I didn't like it when he was there. He's just gross. Yeah. And I didn't like that they referred. <laughs> And I, I'm really hoping this is a translation issue here because we watch with subtitles and watch it dubbed. But whenever they refer to uh, to having sex with women, they say "eat," and it didn't get. I didn't clue into that until they're in a prostitute until they're in a, a prostitute house. Brothel. Thank you, um, brothel. Yeah. And they're like, "You want to eat her?" And I'm like, "Wait, eat." Oh, the scene before I, I, makes so much. I was more wondering sense about that. Now. <laughs> Because I was wondering about that, because they had pictures of these people next to their food, and there was a long scene where they were eating steak at, while they were talking about eating these women. And when they finally cued it in the other way, yeah, there's, there must have been a translation thing, or he Sion was playing with that idea. That's it's also it, very possible. Because I was definitely uncomfortable during all that. I was like, are we going into this? Is this the... Because, uh, I mean, on, on an upper meta level, it's like, okay, yeah, the system is eating all these people, right? Cool, cool yeah. But, like, it's also so gross. So gross. I, I When Chew and I are watching it, I'm like, if they're about to start eating and raping women, I might have to cancel this one. This one might just be too much for me. <laughs> and then, then they didn't end up doing that, which was pretty great. <laughs> no. But the fact uh, that the movie made you worried that that could go there almost said something to the movie making. Like, Yeah. Not just worried. You're already... Fairly convinced that's where it was headed. <laughs> yeah. No, there was, like, a, a, a it, like my stomach dropped. Where I was like, oh, is this, did we make a mistake? <laughs> like you said. It's like, did we oopsie this month? Hey, we watched <laughs> movies with that. Yeah, that's fair. Um, the other character I feel like we need to talk a little bit about is the uh, the high priestess daughter and the boy with her. He never found out why he was with her. No, it just seemed like, okay, so the, the gang finds a bunch of women that they're either going to eat and or turn into furniture well, they, and or they have keep sex saying with the last train has left yeah so they can't get off the island that they're on so they need to go with them and uh the daughter was pretending to be passed out so she got kidnapped and he decided he had to protect her 
So they immediately form an unbreakable bond, and they spend the rest of the movie. This kid's like supposed to be what would you guess? Twelve? I was thirteen. Ex- I was expecting like fourteen. Okay. Yeah, thirteen, fourteen ish. Right around there. Uh, so he and this girl are uh, fucking badasses. Can kick anyone's ass, and mm-hmm. uh, they proceed to do that throughout the rest of the film. And like, they're just kind of a delight. Like whenever they show up, they just start doing flips and kicks, and they're just really holding their own. And mm-hmm. she's just kind of like a character out of a manga, and it's like, what is oh, she so even many, doing here? Dude, they're all characters out of manga. Well, I mean, Tokyo Tribe is a manga. I know, uh, but like some of them, <laughs> like like direct translations. Yeah. Between them and then the weird henchman that comes from her dad. Oh, with like the the, the big the tall, horizontal mohawk. Well. I'm talking about the big black man with the big trench coat and the dreads. That oh, comes. who can just punch people across rooms? Yeah, <laughs> or, and then his little guy who's <laughs> yeah. in a traditional, not a gi, whatever, traditional Japanese garb. And then he has yeah. his big ponytail and he just kind of moves. He moves like he's drawn, like essentially. Yeah. Like I feel like they were just capturing frames from the manga with those two. And I, I did... This is my worst I've ever done for research into, like, the source material. All I know is that there is source material. That's when my research stopped. I'm like, I just want to talk about the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, you're right. Like, I feel like those two characters felt like they're lifted straight out of the page. I felt like the girl and the, the little boy were lifted straight out of the page. A lot of this was. And it just kind of felt like live-action manga, which is not something I've ever seen before. Yeah. Which is pretty fucking cool. Maybe that's why I liked it so much. <laughs> But what do we miss? Like, what what haven't we talked about in this thing? Like, the we didn't really talk. Uh, what, what would you have to say about this from art department wise? Because this movie's fucking bananas. Like everything. I mean, I say it references a lot of different things, and they definitely had specific color tones per room. I mean, like the sun's place is very, like we said. Clockwork Orange, but it's also very specific where it's white and it's pink, if I remember correctly. It wasn't quite red. It's like a fuchsia sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, it's just the two colors. And he he stood out in it completely because he's just dressed in all black. Yeah. Um, And then you had his dad's place, which was all, you know, gold, which just represents greed, pretty much. Trump. Uh, the, the stoner tribe is hangs out in a diner yeah named pennies <laughs> which is using like the similar font style and like signage is like denny's like yeah. you yeah. can't help but see you can't help but think that immediately just the way that's designed um, i'm like oh yes and then most of the other tribes were just in kind of weird techno strip joints like they didn't <laughs> yeah. put as much uh design into them we don't really see their corners we just kind of get their little introductions yeah we didn't really see like the the samurai tribe who has like the tank that they drive through shibuya yeah. with <laughs> and just oh my god just a brief well they have they have their stage and then you have yeah. the guys that uh rap kind of wistfully is the best way i could describe it they kind of look like they might have like a car garage sure yeah i could see that uh and then another tribe is all fraternity Themed, well, the frat tribe, yeah. The frat tribe, which I would say is my least favorite tribe because, well, I just don't like frat, frat bros. Yeah. So, uh, and then the the Geary Guri uh, girl tribe was all camo and still very stripperish. There's a lot of stripper vibes in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. They found one note and it kind of stuck to it, it in that regard. Yeah. Um, brief aside, I just need to mention the tank because for me, I think the tank might be the the second best thing in the movie. I'll get to the best thing and here in a left. minute. 
Um, it doesn't stay in the movie for very long. They don't use it in the end, do they? No, they, they barely no. use the thing. And yeah. it does not look very... Like, it's some rough CGI, but I'm still <laughs> cool with it. Just because they're driving it to war, but they have to take it from where they have... They have it through normal Tokyo to get to the war zone of Tokyo, but they have to drive a fucking tank there, so they just have a PA system going, don't worry, this is normal. This is normal for a tank to drive down the road. Don't worry. (laughs) You're destroying the road. Roads are not made for tanks. That fucking PA was the goddamn funniest thing, second funniest thing in the movie. My favorite thing in the movie, uh, I'll say for best moments, which I think we might be there. Are we at best moments? I think we might be. Because like, like you've said before earlier, and we've repeated, that there's a lot in this movie. But we've mostly covered it. Yeah, and there's so a- much that has to be experienced. Which I don't, I don't like to say that generally. Because it's like, you can always put something to words and explain it. But this movie, sure. you really can't. Like, no, I, I have you- a hard time... I think you can. It's just, it's not the same. Like, you really need to sit down and watch it. It's kind of like, as we did with Tag. It's like, you need to sit down and watch it, and you need to watch it beginning to end. And it will try to throw you off many times throughout. But if you get to the end, you'll be like, oh, I get it. At least you'll understand it. You might not still like it, but you'll get why everything was happening. Yeah. Um. But let's do favorite moments. And, and I can go, I'll go first. Because it was just a moment that was, it's played for a laugh, and it just fucking killed me and it's when uh we're at bubba's place and uh they're, they're getting ready to have dinner and they're getting ready for their their musical ambiance and his daughter comes in and just starts beatboxing all around the room and <laughs> it's Wait, that was bu- his daughter i assumed it was his daughter she says dad at some point but she could no be- there's a the different the one that dresses up as bruce lee is his daughter oh okay well either way so there's a girl who works for him and she's in the know and she comes in and starts beatboxing and the room is just like you could hear a pin drop, except for her beat, or except for her beatboxing. And as she goes around the room, and it's like, what the fuck is happening? Why would they all be cool? <laughs> this is so weird. And I loved every second of it. <laughs> I forgot that part. Yeah, that, I was like, is this? It's like what? Big Bubba what are you is doing? the best. He's the best. He's the best. Big like. It's like it's like it's like this is. Like, I've watched a lot of beatboxing, and this is definitely not anywhere near it. Nope, but, it but was somehow really it's my favorite. <laughs> She's giving it her best. She is. All right, that's me. Uh, Chu, what about you? I have to think about it. Well, I can, I can go, because we've, we've already touched on the scene, and it, it is that actual wall, blade, human fan cutter thing that pulls in Big Bubba and everybody and just kills them. And, like, the blood CGI's just... They just turn into red mist. Um, even a, even the machine, the minigun turns into mist. It's just that scene is so much to match the room, which is so much, and have them all die in such an extra way. Uh, I was laughing and having yeah. a, a, an enjoyable time watching just the pure chaotic destruction. Oh man, insane! Oh, I'm just gonna choose uh, Mara's little hench buddy. Because of his crazy hair. The horizontal mohawk? The horizontal mohawk. Yeah. Because he makes me think of a very specific movie that'll be my double feature for this. <laughs> uh, like, I can't believe no one has thought about the mohawk in the other direction in, like until now. Why, why is it this movie that introduced <laughs> us to this? Because that is equal parts amazing. Just all across the board. I it's definitely want... less intimidating. Yeah. I, I'd say it's amazing and also kind of a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh man. <laughs> Babylon Five called and wants his character back. <laughs> uh, well, you already have your double feature. Yeah. And I'm determined not to use one of the ones that we've said because we've mm-hmm. said so many. Super Mario Brothers. Oh my god. <laughs> I could totally I, see. Bubba I guessed you were going to do that. I, 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 a King Koopa hanging out. King Koopa, you poopa. <laughs> totally. Like, come on. <laughs> These movies mesh together so well in that regard. Uh, my double feature, I- I'm going to go for one that I think would spiritually match this film. Uh, and I'm going, <laughs> I'm stuck between two and they're both ridiculous answers. Uh, let's go Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet. Mm. Uh, yeah. yeah. I-, I-, I just think... I don't think I really have to say much about it. They're both Shakespearean, but not quite Shakespeare. Um, one is obviously far more Shakespearean than the other. Um, Tokyo Trap, of course. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but just tonally, visually, all of it, I think you they just match. But I'd probably watch... Uh, hmm. I'd probably watch Roman and Juliet first. Hmm. You know, ramp up. You don't want to start a Tokyo tribe and be put to sleep by a movie that should not be able to put anybody to sleep. <laughs> it, it certainly would. Um, I'll tell you my backup if John doesn't pick it. Hmm. Well, you'll probably still want to tell us the backup because I'm going for something that's going to be an upsetting mix, but I think would capture this movie well in terms of... I was trying to describe this to Jandy, this movie, and I kept coming up with, like, it's like... Um, schlock terrence malick if he was on acid and then i thought oh you know it'd be great with this movie but in a totally bad way tree of life whoa <laughs> they would not go together at all no whoa. but but imagine imagine if you will tree of life first and then you think oh tokyo tribe okay well i wonder what and then oh my god and then that's just your whole next two hours is oh my god oh my god i don't know I, I mean, Terrence Malick would feel about watching I think, this movie. I think Terrence Malick would but, but, hate this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. But but the reason I was thinking of this filmmaker in general is because he makes his movies and edits them like poetry. That they, the scenes don't connect necessarily. and the But it's all about the themes. And I think this movie is more interested in the rhyme, the connection, the, the rhythm, the pounding, or the um, bumping, instead of connecting the scenes together, like you said earlier. So there's a, an element of... No, the feel and the emotion and the um, craziness, or in Tree of Life's case, the, the themes and the feel, that's more important than the structure. Or the, uh, not the structure, but the, how it all ties together. That's so, a very, very solid pitch for a double feature I refuse to watch. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> mostly because it has a Tree of Life involved. And if I haven't yeah. said it before, I'll say it now. Fuck that movie. I have made you watch it multiple so, times. Yeah. Many times. I think it's been twice. Uh, no, three times. We saw it in oh theaters. God. We watched it once at our house, and then we watched it again for the podcast. No, I uh, I walked out when we watched it at our house, though. You did? I did. Oh. I, I think I made it through brother, <laughs> which is the first word in the movie. Uh, but it comes back, so I think you can't. Oh, I hate that movie. Um, my my backup was going to be Rocky Horror. I'm like, this would okay. be a fun double feature. But I, I think I went. I think I made the right choice. Yeah, I think I made the right choice. Yeah, I think I'm just getting a little bit of uh, Sansone on my head of just antagonistically like putting things together that don't always work and just shocking. Like that's kind of yeah. where my, my double feature was going for. Yeah. 
Oh, it yeah. certainly would be shocking. It's not wise to antagonize Antagony, John. <laughs> sure, we made a frisky dingo quote. <laughs> Brian's really happy now. <laughs> really? Is that the best you could come up with? Was Betty Bug Lady already taken? <laughs> <laughs> that better not be forming like acid you're foaming up in the mouth. You better not spit that in my eyes. Oh, you did spit that in my eyes. That's the greatest show ever. Listen to, uh, <laughs> listen to Welcome to Your Doom. Oh, my God. Uh, next week. Next week we are, I think, based on the, the description of the movie, we're going to be turning things way down. Um, still obviously the same director, so I don't know what to expect, but we're doing a movie called Guilty of Romance. Um, I've heard there is a insane amount of sex and nudity in the movie, so, you know, be well prepared for that. Uh, and then I've heard that it can be very upsetting at times. But this is the third film in his hate trilogy, uh, much like uh, other trilogies that I'm blanking on their names, like Red, White, and Blue. Uh, um, they're thematic trilogies. They are not uh, story trilogies. So they're meant to like fit together and like, yeah. oh, these three films go together tonally. Like but the Revenge not. Trilogy. Yes, like the Revenge Trilogy would be another great one. Um so that's why I don't have a problem with watching the third or one. Or is it Vengeance Trilogy? Is it Vengeance? Yeah, because it's Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. Yeah. Old Boy. Vengeance. Uh, yeah. Um, maybe the name wrong. But yes, that same trilogy. Uh, and this one is Cold Fish, uh, Love Exposure, and Guilty of Romance. And we're going to watch Guilty of Romance. And uh, I, I really know a little bit about it. I know that it's supposed to be three stories, and they're supposed to be kind of interwoven. And that's about it. I could be even wrong about that. I'm, I'm really looking forward to diving into it since I bought it on Blu-ray like two years ago and never got around to watching it. Um, Either way, we'll be surprised. I think. Yep. Uh, and then the week after that, we're doing uh, The Land of Hope or In the Land of Hope, which is not available a lot of places, but it is available for rent on YouTube. So if you want to watch along with us, be sure to go to YouTube to rent that one because I can't find it uh, anywhere else at this point. Hmm. Um, but it is still available. And if for some reason that changes between now and when we record, we'll let you know next week what movie we switch that to because these things have a way of changing on us at the worst opportune moment has happened to us many yeah. times while we try to make this show. So uh, just a forewarning there. We'll do a very, very, very quick round of plugs and we're going to say goodbye. Mine is, of course, every Monday, tune into Binge Buddies. We are currently in the season of Alice in Zombieland, which reviews all the Resident Evil films. Uh, we've done... Two of them so far. We're going to record another two, and then we only have two after that. It's going to be a nice short season. Uh, it's been a blast. Uh, I have not laughed so hard while recording a podcast since, like, the early days of Venture Bros. Like, we are just having so much fun. Um, come along. It's a great time. It's all <laughs> Stars. I can say. Come along to a city not full of raccoons. Nope. Raccoon City has very few raccoons. Yeah. Lots of zombies. <laughs> Zero to five stars. No raccoons. Not a Whatever. single... Zombie raccoon. What a missed opportunity. Right? My God. I'm taking back every nice thing I said about this franchise and that other <laughs> show. They have no zombie raccoons in Raccoon City. <laughs> Fuck you, Resident Evil. I need to be zombie <laughs> raccoons. I'm so uh, annoyed right now. Ah, oh. <laughs> What a missed opportunity. Hmm. Should we anything to plug? Superstore. Super, super, superstore. It's, cl- it's ending. <laughs> so... <laughs> It's going to be a great ending. And I'm going to spend a lot of time wrapping it up. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Yeah. John, Demon Days? Cool. Yep. Uh, this week, uh, when this episode comes out, there will already be a new episode in the feed. So look forward to that. Or I'm glad you enjoyed it. 
or look backwards to that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> that dur. That dur makes sense. Yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, yeah, sounds good. Uh, I think I've said everything right. We told you to watch from the next, what to watch for next week, where else to find us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been doing, I'll, I'll say this. Uh, the ATH group on Facebook. What's the full name of it, John? ATH. Let me pull it up because uh, I I just was like, fuck it in terms of titles awesome for it. Sauce, yeah. Is it Awesome Sauce? John named it. Yeah. He can't remember it. Um, but we've been doing a ATH lot. ATH Network's Awesome Sauce Community. There it is. Facebook was like, you need a community. And I was like, I don't want to name a community. Okay, fine. It's the ATH Network Awesome Sauce Community. And uh, it stuck. And we've been hanging out there a lot lately. Like, we've been doing a lot more stuff on there. So if you want to come hang with us and chat about movies or play some games, we've been kind of throwing stuff up there uh, almost every day now. Uh, Right now, you can can chat along with Craig as he – or ask Craig what he thought of Batman Ninja as he finally watched that movie on my recommendation. Go back to our episode on that if you want to see our thoughts on that fucking insane movie. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And just post post things that interest you in pop culture. Like, that's – we're all there to enjoy – what we can, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll see you. See you next time. Bye. Oopa. 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 Oopa.